Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. Welcome to episode 67 of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. And uh, this is, uh, as I said, episode 67. This is the first episode of October 2012, uh, coming in a little bit late because, you know, it's Halloween month. There's no need to get, uh, you know, rush things out because I have a very special guest here. Uh, at least, will be joining us in the studio through the internet in just a little bit. But as usual, we are going to get started with uh, with some music up front at the top of the show, starting with Esper Chorus by Akira Fukube from Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 1993 for Billy.
we started that off with a request from Billy for Esper Chorus. That is the uh, that's the song that the little psychic kids sing to Baby Godzilla, that in turn uh, turns his eyes red and ends up, I think, waking up Rodan uh, from his slumber. Let's just say. Anyway, uh, that was a request, and then I I followed that up with Earth's Greatest Death Match by Michiru Oshima from Godzilla vs. Megaguirus. And uh, the last track you just heard was called The Rising. It's actually the last track off of Big Pimp Jones's Project Kyojo, which is the uh, follow-up CD sort of that, you, that uh, you'll actually hear about in a couple of minutes because my special guest uh, is actually Keith of Big Pimp Jones. Hey guys, we are talking with Keith Foster of Big Pimp Jones, and uh, you guys might recognize that name because I've been talking about the Kadoja Project for quite some time. Keith, welcome to the KaijuCast. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to be here. Now, um, tell tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, as specifically how you got involved in the Big Pimp Jones Project. Sure, sure. Well, um, I'm I'm a, I'm in a band called Big Pimp Jones. We have been doing our thing for a while. We have released a few records. Um, we, we put a couple records out in over the past, let's say, four or five years, and a lot of them have been in this faux black exploitation soundtrack genre, right? So we've released a couple fake black exploitation flicks, and we even made up like these fabricated stories around them. We put fake dialogue in them. We created, you know, this this mythology around them, and then released them as albums. We're also Godzilla fans, and you know, at one point or another, we were kind of you know kicking around some musical ideas, and we had this idea: let's let's do, you know, dark Godzilla score orchestration, but try to make it as funky as possible without losing the integrity of the you know the the dark orchestration. So, meanwhile, we're doing that, and then we also got involved. Um, over the the course of of the years, with a uh, a larger collective of artists called Hot Peas and Butter, and those are you know the two spearheads of that have really been a DJ named Scheme Richards, and then also uh, a very talented artistic dude named Lance Pilgrim, and so over the over the course, I I, I will do my best to keep this short, but we we approached them with this idea for for the record and they were like, yeah, this sounds great. You know, I think we can do more with this than just have it be a record. You know, what if we what if we made it kind of multimedia? And, you know, I'm I'm a comic fan and and I like to think I can write a little bit. So we we came across the idea of you know, me writing a comic that that tied into this soundtrack so that we basically had a soundtrack to a comic book. And you know, since then. And then, of course, we we got put in touch um, a guy who had done some work for the Hot Peas and Butter Project, a guy named Rory Smith, who's, you know, I just think is ridiculously talented. And um, we connected and we were like, yes, let's totally do this, you know, giant monster comic based around our own original character called Kadoja. And, and you know, things just kind of jumped off from there. We, uh, you know, we, we kind of came together. We you know, I, I scripted out the uh, at least the first couple issues, and and since then we've put out issue one, and we've also completed all of the stuff behind issue two, and uh, and then you know we're we're looking to go forward from there. Right on. And so actually, for, so the listeners know, and I think you know this, Keith. Uh, I want to say it was a little over a year ago. Um, Lance actually visited Portland. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and uh, I and Kurt Lloyd from Missing Real TV all sort of follow each other on Twitter. And uh, 
at one point I remember checking my tweet stream and uh, somebody was like, one of the three, like the two of them was like, oh yeah, so uh, cool people have lunch today? And I was like, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> and so I went and uh, went down to this uh, really great restaurant and had uh, had lunch with Kurt and Lance and some uh, some other people. And that's how, that is how I found out about uh, the Kadoja project. It was really, it was, and Lance is a really good guy really cool to talk to him and he clearly has a lot of knowledge about uh about the music scene and he's from he's from new york right so mm-hmm, correct yeah and so it was it was a lot of fun hanging out with him and he's the one who really turned me on to to the uh to kadoja specifically but i had actually heard of big pim jones uh years prior when i was like really really heavily into the uh star wars costuming group the 501st Le- 501st legion okay um, because uh you guys released a, a star wars related album right i i am thrilled that you that you referenced that album yeah yeah you're talking about order 66 that we did yeah yeah i've actually i somewhere in my collection of cdrs i have like uh, pass down sort of hand me down like you got to hear this kind of cd of of that uh of those tracks that is awesome i had we i mean i legitimately had no idea it was that far reaching so yeah i mean that was i mean you know just to kind of riff on that for a second um we were we were you know the guys from big pimp jones we were all in the in the theater for the midnight for what was going to be the midnight screening of um of revenge of the sith Right. Um, so what, what was that back in 05, I think? Yeah. 2005. And, and, yeah. I, and you know, we had, we had actually done this song, I mean, back in the 90s called Rocking the House in a Boba Fett Mask. And uh, and, and we kind of had this I, the idea like, you know, we need to celebrate kind of the end of Star Wars. You know, let's uh, let's let's not just do a song. Let's do like a record, you know, and, and everything kind of I mean, from, from that second on, we just, you know, took some some out you know we had some acapellas of, of some vocal tracks and you know did some work here and there and and in like four days we just did order 66 you know because we were so excited about it and and just did a bunch of star wars tracks so no i think that's great that's awesome yeah so i knew about big pimp jones before lance like long before lance even came to town and when he mentioned who he was working with i was like are you kidding me i totally know who that is that's awesome <laughs> So uh, that's really cool that uh, that there's sort of, there's sort of like a historical connection between the two of us that we didn't even know happened. Oh well, yeah, that's cool. I, I didn't I didn't know about the five hundred first stuff either. So that that's great. Yeah, I think um, we were in a parade, and so we were playing music through like a, a stereo system in the parade. And I think one or two of the tracks were were actually Big Pimp Jones tracks because they had the awesome. the actual Star Wars. It was almost like a remixed Star Wars song or something like that. It was yeah, yeah. No, we had a couple of those. We had a couple of those where we did uh, original, like we we basically replayed like the uh, you know the Darth Vader march, right? Yeah, we yeah, had yeah. Where we played that. I, I know that's technically not the name, but um, that's that's kind of what everybody you know unofficially knows it as. I Let guess. Let me and push then- up my nerd glasses and say I believe it's the Imperial March. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. yeah, no, it's, then, it's good stuff uh, for we, sure. And then we we had done a couple where I, I know we remixed. Um, we took Duel of the Fates and uh, and and flipped that around and kind of turned it into this hip hop track. That 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 was that was a lot of fun too. Very cool. So tell tell us about Big Pimp Jones just as a group. Like how many members are in the actual? Uh, how, how many instruments do you have? How many members are in there? Is it is it something that uh, 
you you perform in in live venues what what do you guys have going on just with the group itself well currently um currently we kind of have this uh we we have a uh an east coast version and a west coast version we're like we're like the the trans-siberian orchestra i suppose but we have uh so you know because i'm from philadelphia i moved um i moved out to la area the la area from philadelphia about three years ago and uh, and then, you know, so so we were a, a, a four person band at the time with Big Pimp Jones. That's that's me on guitar and then Frank on drums, uh, Chris, a.k.a. Ruckus on bass. And then we had a guy named um, named, named Chris Gelock on keyboards. Since then, we've pared it down and, and Chris Gelock is not playing with us. But now we kind of have, you know, they're on the East Coast and they might play a gig every now and then. And then I'm out here on the West Coast and we have a couple players out here. And uh, and then maybe every now and then we're gonna try to do um, what I what I'm referring to as the Voltron version of Big Pimp Jones, where all of us get together and just have like a, a massive unit and just bring some funk for people. Now, see that that sounds like something I would love to see personally. Um, <laughs> it, it would be even better if we dressed like members of Voltron. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Each have like the lion head on your. On your... <laughs> and then for our big finale, we just like assemble. That that would be amazing. That would be sweet. Uh, so you guys are uh, you're split up over the over the East Coast West Coast mm-hmm. uh, area. So I'm I, I'm sort of fascinated by music projects and. Um, and uh, releases that involve people from remote areas getting together uh, through technology. Is that how you guys did this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I think about two years ago, we arrived at at what tends to be our, our current formula right now is um, our, our current formula right now, which is we'll all get in the same city. So generally, I'll fly back to Philly. And then we'll get some studio time and then we'll we'll put down whatever instruments we can during that time. Like we might get a studio for for two days, let's say. And um, there have been cases where we've been able to, to record entire records. And then there have been other cases where we record just the drums, you know, because I'm a I'm a. Um, I'm a huge fan of great sounding drums, you know, since, since my back, I, I, I kind of like everything that has that seventies feel to it. And mm-hmm. the seventies were just, in my opinion, where the, the recording techniques were the best, or at least they're, you know, that's when it was in my wheelhouse. So whenever we go into a studio, we like to have that retro feel, that retro vibe and actual retro equipment. And then we just record as much as we can. Excellent. And then, um, after that, you know, drums, and anything that, that we like to record through air, so like drums and guitar, that kind of stuff, we'll record in the studio. And then any instruments that go in direct, um, you know, a lot of times bass might do that. Um, a lot of times we can do vocal overdubs or, or maybe some keyboards or stump, something like that. So we'll, we'll record part, part of it when we're all live. And then after that, we just start to bounce tracks back and forth. Very cool. Very cool. So are you guys, uh, do you see this as a... Um... I don't want to say I because I, we'll talk about this in a minute, but I don't want to say a singular release as far as the music aspect goes. Mm-hmm. But do you see this as being something that maybe there gets a sequel later on down the road? The Kadoja stuff, yeah, Kadoja oh, sequel, ab- absolutely. I mean, um, you know, in in terms of a design for the project. You know, the first story arc is five issues, mm-hmm. Terror Mountain Showdown. Mm-hmm. And the the CD, you know, the, the soundtrack to that is Terror Mountain Showdown. So we see that as kind of like this soundtrack to the first five issues in concept. And then um, we personally have rough designs for the first 15 issues. So it would be three five-issue arcs 
each with its own, you know, like Kadoja something else, right? Some other title for the for the next batches of issues. And then each of those five issue arcs would have its own soundtrack as well. Ah, that is awesome. Um, now, you hooked me up with CDs when we got to meet down mm-hmm. in San Francisco, uh, which was pretty awesome. Uh, the the listeners have not heard the recordings from um, from the historic Bal Theater b- yet. I'm going to really? play them eventually. But um, uh, that night, I was there with my girlfriend and my son, and we were at the we had a table outside. And for some reason, like Keith and I knew we were going to be there and knew we wanted to talk to each other. But that particular night. Every time he came out to the table, I was up on stage or in the theater. And every time I came out to the table, he was like probably watching the movie or something like that. Exactly. So we exactly. kept missing each yeah, other. And, and, and plus, there was that sweet display of all those Godzilla toys I kept drooling over. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was uh, the the guys from, um, oh, my gosh, Kimono My House had, yeah, had a lovely yeah. selection of Godzilla memorabilias that you could buy at the at the theater, which was pretty awesome. I'm yeah, actually hoping to make it down to that again. Amazing and existentially sad. Oh yeah, <laughs> gosh, so so many so many high ticket items. But yeah, I'm hoping to make it down there again. If uh, if Bob and those guys put together another movie, that was a lot of fun last year. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, despite the fact that it was in like 163 degree heat. Yeah, and I'm not a heat guy. That's why I live in Oregon. So that was uh, <laughs> that was not that was my least favorite part about it. But uh, and then so to make a long story slightly less long, we uh, we had a listener party the next night in uh, in San Francisco at a pizza place, and I got to hang out with Keith and his uh, and a couple of other listeners. And but Keith and his his lady were there, and it was a, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that was that was awesome. It was just it was just great to to you know. I mean, the 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 Bow Theater show. It was it was very chaotic, even though you're kind of sitting in a theater, you know. And and I'm sure from your point of view, it was chaotic because you know you're going to the stage, you're going to the table, you're doing all those things. So it was nice to have kind of like that that mellow, just sit down, chill thing for the dinner the next evening. It, it was great. Oh yeah, and I I love hanging out and talking with people about Godzilla stuff and giant monsters and. And even other things like what what other aspects of science fiction, you know, do you like? Do I like what's uh, what what drives you as a fan? Kind of stuff. That's the that's really why I that's kind of why I do this anyway. And I I'm sure that it's it's a it's a real thrill for anybody who loves this stuff to like talk to other people who have the same passion. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think something that's cool too is you know you, you get together and then you you start to get some insight into you know like I personally came up with a lot of Star Wars and a lot of comics you know like that's that's pretty much how I was brought up you know in, in terms of my my entries into into the into geekdom I guess you know and of course Dungeons and Dragons you know my my twelfth level paladin was just something awesome you know but. Um, but, but then, you know, it's like you get older and then you kind of figure out these other branches that may have passed you by the first time, you know, and and I think that's, what's cool. You get together with people and you're like, okay, you know, now I can kind of walk down this Avenue that I may not have known a whole lot about earlier because I was so immersed in star Wars or comics, you know? Very cool. And I would imagine the rest of your, uh, your guys have some sort of steeped history in uh, in geekdom as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a lot of star Wars for sure. Was it a hard sell to do the uh, giant monster stuff <laughs> with the, with your no, fan mates? No, no, because I mean, when when we were when we were recording the stuff, 
um, you know, we, we just threw on a bunch of Godzilla films. And, and so it was, it, it wasn't really a hard sell because it was like the, the second I even mentioned it to the other guys, you know, we, we kind of have this, we, we like to think we have this little mental connection and, and, and they were just like, they could hear it. It's like, they could hear exactly what I was trying to say when I was pitching it, you know, despite my, my, um, my, my girly squeals about how excited I was. <laughs> I would be uh, lying if I didn't say I have my own girly squeals about giant monster stuff every once in a while. <laughs> so, so let's talk about uh, some recent history. You you were just at uh, two conventions, not you personally, but the the Kodoja project mm-hmm. was recently at uh, the Alternative Press Expo Expo yes. in San Francisco and New York Comic Con in, yes. uh, of course, New York. Yes. So how did did that work? We did the split squad thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Did you want me to talk a little bit about it? Oh yeah, please. I would love to hear more about it. So I mean, at, at, um, at New York comic con, that's where, um, Lance and Rory were for, for the weekend. And we had a, we had a booth there. I actually have not seen the booth in person, but, um, but, but the cool thing about the booth is there is this like 10 by 10 foot backdrop that we have that, that Rory drew and that, you know, Lance, um, Lance put some work into that, uh, that's basically just this, this massive kind of cityscape in, in, in the Kadoja universe. And, uh, so, I mean, it, it's, it's cool for me to look at, uh, as, as a, as a file, it'll be even cooler when I see it kind of in its proper scale, you know? So, um, so yeah, we had a booth there and, uh, Rory also did this. I don't know if you've seen the, um, the pictures yet, Kyle, but Rory did this pretty, pretty big, uh, sculpture of, of Kadoja for us to display at, uh, at whenever we get these 10 by 10s just to have it out there. And, um, I haven't seen it in person, but I mean, I've seen, you know, tons of photos and it, it looks fantastic. Oh, know? I saw the photos. I saw, <laughs> I saw, <laughs> I was like, that is that really as big as it looks? And then I saw a second photo where it was like pulled back and looked from the table and I was like, wow, that thing is yeah, huge. I- I know that's and that's the you know when even when we were going through it because I Rory actually um, happened to be in in L.A. a couple weeks ago so we 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 met up and I was you know we were talking about the sculpture and stuff and he was just talking about you know his his issues uh, as he's making it you know all just all this insight you know just whatever and um, <laughs> and 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 he he didn't give me the impression that it was that big for whatever reason you know I, I was just kind of thinking oh it's like 12 inches, 15 inches tall. But then th- there's that one photo I think you're talking about where a dude is like taking a photo of it. And and you have the person in the picture for scale and you're like, whoa, you know, so. Um, so, yeah, really cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so that was up in that was out in New York. Mm-hmm. And they were so they had uh, I'm assuming the comics and CDs there for for the general public. Did any idea how it went over there? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I actually talked to Lance a little bit last night, and he said it it went really well. Um, we had, you know, I think that the 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 thing I liked about the New York show too was that you know they were they were kind of putting out there not only Kadoja but the uh, the hot peas and butter artist collective thing. So I, I mean, this is a good time for me to mention that Kadoja is actually not the only comic that Rory and I are doing. Um, we're doing these these free strips for um that kind of are the you know quote unquote the adventures of hot peas and butter right so all of the people in the artist collective are are characters in it and um and you know we're you know we're, we not only have our day jobs right but we have our, our night jobs where of course we're part of a just a super dope secret covert organization and um and so we have all, the strips are, are pretty much um online at the hot peas and butter site for, for anyone to check out for free. And um, it's, it's, it's a little bit more of a lighthearted thing for us, and we're having a blast doing it. Very cool. I'll make sure to include uh, links to that so people can check them out. 
Um, yeah, please. Yeah, and so how was uh, how was Ape the Alternative Press Expo? Ape is really cool. Have you ever had a chance to come down to it? No, the only thing I've ever made it down to uh, San Francisco for has been WonderCon, which of course last year and this upcoming year, both in Anaheim. Mm. So I haven't made it down for that show. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think Ape is really cool. I mean, for people that have been to a larger convention, like, say, a San Diego Comic-Con or a, or a New York Comic-Con, um, and, and I hear, um, I actually hear the uh, the Seattle one is is huge, too. Uh, Emerald, Emerald City, right? Emerald City is very big. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, if, if you take, if you took, like, the Artist Alley and Small Press section of those conventions, mm-hmm. you know, kind of made it its own thing, but then also made it maybe double triple the size that you're used to seeing that's pretty much the vibe at ape so it's it's a lot of independent people out there um it's a i mean it's a lot of really super talented people you know just just walking the floor um you just see so many amazing things you know it's all indie stuff right What's that? It's all independent stuff. Everything. Yes. Yes. Super. Super indie. Um. Yeah. There's the. I think the the biggest companies that were there offhand fanographics had like a multi-table thing going on there for all of those really great mm-hmm. fanographics books that are out there and um uh who else the slave labor also had a, a big a big display there and uh and you know the guests of honor i i offhand i believe um sergio aragonas was was the you know the the big guest of honor oh and uh hernandez brothers were there as well very so, cool that's, that, awesome. that's just to give an idea of scale, right? So, I mean, it's great. It's it's definitely like comics by people who are just totally, totally into comics, and it was fantastic. That's cool. So you got you guys were technically at like the world class, like large scale convention and the small press uh, convention at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I and we like that, and that's actually why we did that special run of Kadoja issue two. Uh, you know, we're, we we called it the convention special, and all we wanted to do was just just advance print a few copies of of Kadoja issue two to have them at the conventions that you know to celebrate the fact that we were kind of at these two conventions the same weekend. Very cool. Um, and actually, I should tell I should tell you that uh, in Portland we do have a small press um, show called Stumptown Comics Fest, mm-hmm. and there's also another one in Seattle. Uh, I think it's actually not technically in seattle but just outside called jet city comic-con so cool no no we're we're um we're taking a look at the 2013 convention schedule right now because i mean as as far as i can tell i think here we are in mid-october i I think we're kind of at the end of convention season as far as i can figure out oh yeah for for this year definitely yeah Yeah. Um, yeah so you guys uh you guys have the second issue coming out just around the corner for Mm -hmm. being available um Mm -hmm. Since we're talking about twos, do you want to talk a little bit about the um, Project Kyojo as well? Yeah, I mean, um, Project Project Kyojo is, you know, we we kind of did the prequel thing, right? So it's the it's the it's the Phantom Menace equivalent, you know, without any sort of and you know without Jar Jar, we we, we digitally edited the Jar Jar portions of Project Kyojo out. You know, man, if you <laughs> hadn't like said robots, you know? if you had not has said it was the Jar Jar less version, I would have made sure to mention that. <laughs> you would have put it in like the show notes, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, Project Kyojo is essentially the Kadoja story about 50 years ago. And, um, and you know, there, there's, we, we always like to keep it open for fleshing it out more, um, in, in the future at a certain point, but right now the story is, it's pretty much there on the back sleeve and we just wanted to, to throw, uh, an actual, you know, an actual 
recording out there of some songs and also some some dialogue and also a story as to how the Kadoja project started. So over over time, over the next couple of years, what we're going to look to do is is not only tell the story going forward from issue one of Terror Mountain Showdown, you know, which exists in the present, but also try to fill in pieces of the past when we get a chance to tell these chunks of story that that all add up to something. Very cool. Well, I got to say, um, I've listened to both CDs uh, several times. Oh, actually, I should tell you, uh, we've listened to it at work, and my boss really liked both albums. Awesome. Yeah, well, it was that, pretty that's, cool. That's great to hear. Um, but yeah, so I've listened to these several times, and I actually, it's hard for me to decide like which one I like better. They're both very, obviously, they're both great CDs, but the um, they're also both very kind of different in... in uh, in, in their own way, the the Project Kyojo, just for the listeners who can't see this, has a has a robot on the front of it. And of course, uh, Kodoja has the has the Kodoja monster mm-hmm. on there. So is um is uh Kyojo gonna be making an appearance in any of the comics? At 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 the moment, no. I mean I, I get you know, to to flesh out the story a little bit. You know, the the robot in Project Kyojo was this first iteration. You know, like like when you when you go back to the 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 actual sci-fi of the time, right? It's it's all of these big kind of clunky, you know, four points of articulation, massive robot type of designs. You know, um, and th- and that's what we were trying to tell the story with um, in terms of the Project Kyojo robot. So you know, just large, massive. You know, like a like a I mean, like a very clumsy version of like Mecha Godzilla. You know what I mean? Like nowhere near as evolved as like a Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. And, and giant tin toy robots. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and um, and, you know, so so that's that's kind of this this project at one point in time. And then as we go through the years and again, we're, we're looking forward to fleshing out the story of what happened over those those years in between. But it evolved into its current thing, which is almost like. I mean, it's it's basically part bio, you know, bio and animal material and and part robot, you know, and, and the part of the robot of Kondoja is almost completely invisible because we view it as more of like a DNA droid, you know, this hybrid of like technology and living thing. Very cool. Very cool. So okay, so the listeners just from hearing our conversation should be able to surmise that you guys aren't just doing this off the top of your heads, you're putting a lot of thought, a lot of effort, a lot of time into these projects, not just the music, but also the multimedia aspect of it with the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys just released, uh, just started your Kickstarter project. Yes. Let's yes. talk a little bit about that. Uh, first off, tell tell our listeners what they need to know about the Kickstarter. Like, What is this going to to help you guys do? Sure. I mean, this is this is really looking to just print up issues two through five. You know that it's it's as simple as that. It, it's it's here to to take care of the print run of issues two through five, and and when you look at you know the the total amount that we're looking to fundraise, um, what we've done is we've baked in all the postage already. You know, I I know I've I've done. I've I've contributed to some Kickstarters and you know, you look at Kickstarters and a lot of them we, we didn't really want to mislead anybody with the um 
with, with, you know, oh, here, contribute this, but you know what, please tack on extra postage, you know, that kind of thing. So postage is already factored in. So this is really just looking to cover getting the issues printed up and getting them mailed out to people. You know, that's that's pretty much it. It's, it's rather, um, you know, we, we try to keep it kind of clean, if that makes sense. And of course, also, we're, we're factoring in the cost of, of some of the incentives that we would actually make, um, at, you know, if the, if the Kickstarter funds. Very cool. So you you guys are, uh, I mean, I'm I'm sort of assuming that almost all of this has been done sort of out of pocket. They, everything you guys have so far is just you know because you love the craft. Correct, correct. It is. We have been we have been just self financing it so far, and and that's why we're we're turning to Kickstarter on the eve of issue two to uh, to you know to to see what's out there and and uh, and look to get some some backing. Yeah, and so uh, listeners can definitely go to that Kickstarter, and you guys have several different uh, pledge levels. I'm seeing uh, it starts as low as one dollar and goes mm-hmm. all the way up to ten thousand plus on there. Yes, yeah. uh, and I see that um, you could, if you're one lucky guy, you could get the uh, the sculpture if you yes. wanted to be that that thousand uh, dollar. Uh, pledger, right? I don't even know if that's going to be the sculpture. I think that might be a sculpture. Like oh, Rory sculpture? might do another. Sc- I mean, that's the way we've kind of talked about it with Rory that it would be an original sculpture just for the Kickstarter project. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. Rory, so Rory's the artist too. That's yes, the, yes. Man. Rory is the is the the comic book artist. That dude is talented. I really, I gotta say, I I watched the video. I really like his style. I like the I like the fact that he chose to do like sort of a sketchy style, like on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it it's a good looking monster. Good no, stuff. I mean, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's just a testament to how great Rory is, you know, I mean, um, even when Lance and I first, you know, we're talking about who to get, we, you know, we, we, you know, again, Lance had worked with Rory before and, uh, and War- when Rory sent us the first sketches, we were, we were both like, you know, saying words not fit for this podcast, but in a positive way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? totally, totally. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it's just it—it's so you know, uh, like like you're saying, I I love the emotion he can convey. It just—it's so raw, and there's a lot of emotion and a lot of energy in his art, which is just phenomenal. It's so much fun to to write a script and have it come back with with some of these pages that we're getting. You know, unbelievable. Very cool, man. I'm I'm really excited to see the next issue, and I'm I'm actually really excited to see how this whole thing plays out. I I. I want this to to really catch on, especially with people who love Godzilla and uh, uh, not just Godzilla movies and Gamera movies and giant monster movies, but also people who like good music and who like uh, you know cool cool comics too. It's really really quite an impressive thing that you guys are doing. Well, no, thank you. I mean, we're 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 so excited about it, you know, and um and you know, kind of like you're saying, going forward. I mean, there are some things that I want to tell you, but yet I kind of don't. You know what I mean? Because we're 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 so just getting started on this story, and and the the places that we're looking to go with it, um, we're we're gonna have a whole lot of fun with it, and uh, and we hope that everybody else has a lot of fun with it too. Very cool. So you guys are starting to look at more conventions in uh, in places around the country, mm-hmm. and uh, I I I have no problem telling people that uh, you and I have have had some brief words about potentially, you know, coming up to Portland and doing something kind of cool out here. I'm assuming yes. that uh, any you know 
elsewhere in the country might be uh, doing some live shows maybe, or, you know, not just the showing up at a convention and having a table there. Yes, correct. I mean, that's, yeah, we have talked about that. And, um, and that is something I definitely want to talk more about, you know, I mean, live shows or live shows synced up with video or, you know, something and, um, and not just limited to, uh, to music that, that we've written either. Wink, wink. wink. <laughs> I, I wonder. I wonder what music from other giant monster films we could possibly play at these live shows. <laughs> I think that's pretty much anybody's game, right? I mean, nobody, nobody, nobody gets on other bands for playing cover songs. Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Very so, cool. um, so yeah, so no, that I mean, that's yeah, that, that would be fun. I, I think we were um, Lance and I were just talking about, and and I think Rory has has mentioned that we were looking at um, at Seattle, Portland, and Chicago for 2013, and um, and we actually just put in an application for San Diego too. So I have my fingers crossed on that. Excellent, that's cool, man. Um, actually, I will say, as far as Chicago goes, that's where they have G Fest. So. That would be a pretty nice hub of Godzilla uh, fans, at least. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that, that's that's a good point. Yeah. So uh, I, you know, as always, I will help you guys. Uh, you know, broadcast any any kind of information out there that you might need, and it's my pleasure to help you guys out for this stuff because I'm a I am a big fan. I I am so glad that Lance visited Portland and told me about this man because I don't even. I want to say I would have eventually stumbled onto it, but I definitely wouldn't have been like an early adopter as, as, yeah, I, yeah. as I was. And it's, uh, it's, it really is. Um, I, it, people who listen to the podcast have heard me say this before. I'm a huge fan of the DIY movement and do, you know, being able to just get out there and say, you know, I'm making the decision to start making what I want to make and putting it out there and people finding it and downloading it or reading it or buying it. And I'm just, I think what you guys are doing is really awesome. And I really want to see, uh, with the level that you guys have put into this already, I can't wait to see what's coming up next. No, I mean, well, thank you. I mean, and, and thank you so much for, for the support. It is, is so appreciated, you know? Um, because it, it, I don't know, like, like why aren't, why aren't giant monsters bigger? You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of I just I feel like there I feel like it should be a genre the size of like superheroes or something. You know, you should have this 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 ice cream parlor worth of giant monsters to choose from. And I just I, I I'm I'm you know, I'm excited for we're excited for, for your support and, and we're you know, we're we're hopeful for, for a lot of people to support because giant monsters are awesome. Giant monsters are totally awesome. So speaking of giant monsters being awesome, what are some of your favorites, man? Like what are, tell me some of your favorite, uh, giant monster movies. My, my, well, my, my favorite giant monster movie is, and I'm, and I'm totally not sucking up to you is Astro Monster. Um, you know, when, when we met in, in San Francisco, I was just like, why, why are you saying my favorite <laughs> big giant monster film is yeah. your favorite giant monster film? Cause you know? it's so awesome. Yeah, it's it's great. It just it. it I believe I heard uh, somebody mention this on a on a previous podcast of yours too. It just it 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 sums up everything I like about giant monsters. You know what I mean? It's it's it it takes itself seriously, but it doesn't take itself you know quite seriously. It has so much ridiculousness to it, and yet it, the every bit of the ridiculousness works perfectly. You know, um, if that makes any sense. Oh, it makes. Uh, I think it makes a little bit of sense at least. It's yeah, not. yeah, and and I mean, I guess so. I mean, you asked me a, a couple of my favorites. Um, 
for, for whatever reason, and, and you know, I, I hope people don't don't turn off the podcast at this point, but I, I really like Hetera. Um, I, I, I think I like the fact that it was such a diversion from the way Godzilla was and, and was a diversion from a, from what it ended up being going forward too. I, I kind of like it because of how weird it is and how it stands out in the Godzilla pantheon, if that makes any sense at all. Oh yeah. We just did a commentary track for that. And so I have a very, uh, strong understanding of, of how that movie went down and, and I've watched it, you know, lots and lots and lots just as of late. And I have a, I, actually have a stronger appreciation for Godzilla versus Hedra than I did a year ago. It's um as weird as it is, as bizarre as the uh the choices were that Yoshimitsu Bano made for that film, you got to admit it stands alone in the Godzilla universe as uh, yeah, as, yeah. as what it is and it's got some really interesting visual experimentation going on in it and yeah. you just don't and, and, I mean, you're ever going to see that, that again they, i'm sorry go ahead oh i just said you're never going to see that again in the godzilla in the godzilla films yeah yeah and i mean i, I think the, i think it's cool the, the fact that they like um they they they, they kill people on screen <laughs> you know like like that's that's not something that that you saw a lot you know just to have that much kind of on-screen um monster violence yeah the the brutality of it is very uh very strong for what is essentially a kid's film at that Mm -hmm. point yeah for sure yeah godzilla versus hedra is one of the films that um i i've i know i've said this before like when i was talking to people in 2004 2003 like what about what movies i should be showing for a 50th uh year anniversary a 50th anniversary for godzilla in the in the theater Godzilla versus the smog monster was one that came up like repeatedly so much so that I was just like, well, if this is many people remember it being a great or crazy or kooky, awesome movie, I just got to put it in there. And it was a packed house. The first night we showed it, it was awesome. That that's great. Yeah. I mean, and and it's cool to know that, that other people are that, uh, you know, that, that, that there's this commonality to it almost, you know? Oh, yeah. There's people definitely have, especially for like nostalgic films like that, people definitely have like a passion for their nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that makes sense. And I mean, I, so, I mean, I'll give you one more and it's, it's a little more current uh, for, for whatever reason. And, and I think I enjoy it for, for the silliness is the um is the King Ghidra one from the 90s the one with the terminator in it i mean uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 m11 the terminator yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a that is an interesting choice my friend i'm not <laughs> I, I would not actually say i i that that film for me has some issues specifically because of the time travel i just have a i have a very specific thing that i like with time travel and uh that movie just like it's like they said, "Hey, let's let's throw in some time travel and not have any consequences at all about like what we're doing and have it make any sense." For yeah, life. you know, and 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 I think you know, it's almost like a caveat that that I enjoy it for how how silly it is. Yeah, um, and, and just the, <laughs> I mean, and 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 plus, it has my my favorite Godzilla character of all time, which is Mecha King Ghidra. Oh, nice! Yeah, Mecha yeah. King Ghidra is actually, uh, in my opinion, the best part of that movie. Yes, yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah, Very I mean cool somebody monster. was sitting around going, you know, there's there's fans of Mecha Godzilla, but they probably like King Ghidra. You know, let's let's make them all happy. 
Yeah, that's the first time you ever see like a a mechanized version of anything else except for Godzilla, the Mm -hmm. Mecha Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah, man. Uh, Actually, that's funny because I've seen um, fan art since since then. Someone did like a Mecha Mothra, and uh, (laughs) I've even seen like a Mecha Daimajin one time. Like I was on the cover of some Japanese magazine. It was really crazy looking. Um, But then. I don't know how that would even work. I'm like a giant robotic <laughs> Daimajin. Like, what what would you need that to do? Maybe shoot lasers. I guess is yeah. what you need that for. Yeah. I, uh, well, how the how the mecha uh, how the mecha Mothra look? Mecha Mothra looked interesting, but it's it would it it almost begs the question. Like, what's the point? Like, <laughs> like yeah. it seems like Mothra in uh, in and of herself is. Uh, is already kind of like goofy and um it's a good thing jeff isn't here to to hear me talk trash about mothra but the uh, <laughs> he'll he'll listen afterwards yeah i'm sure i'm sure i'll have to answer for my crimes against mothra later <laughs> but um it, the mecha mothra it just i think mostly it's it's more about the aesthetic that people are going for when they're doing these fan sort of versions of of what they want to see and and i'm all for that i mean i love I love people seeing people's interpretations of their favorite monsters in X, Y, or Z format. It's always cool to cool to see people like trying new things for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that that makes total sense. Right on. Uh, well, hey man, we are about at forty minutes here, so I think we can probably wrap this up and give me time to finish up the rest of the episode. Uh, thank you so much for for talking to us and and uh, tell tell the listeners one more time. Uh, where they can find you? Well, yeah, they can find us at, uh, we, we have a Kadoja site, so www.kadoja.com. We also have a Facebook page at, you just search for Kadoja and it'll be there. And of course, we have the uh, the Kickstarter live right now. And, you know, the the, the web address is, is quite long, but if you go to Kickstarter and do a search for Kadoja, it'll pop right up. Right on. Very cool. Well, uh, I will be pointing people to that, and I hope they, uh, they'll they go out and pledge a lot, a lot of money for you guys because uh, I really, really approve. Give you guys a massive thumbs up and uh, some applause, too, for uh, oh, for doing man. what you're doing because it's, <laughs> well, it's no, really cool. Well, no, thank you. Thank you so much. Cool, man. Well, I will uh, I will have to talk to you soon, sir, about uh, about yeah. side project stuff. Yes, we have some, some 2013 conventions to talk about. All right. Awesome. All right, man. Thanks again. This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. All right, so I do not have a lot of news to cover, and that's good because we are already uh, just about tapped out for this episode. I just wanted to let you guys know, anyone who is interested at all in uh, the recent Daimajin Canon show... Um, uh, if you're interested, Sci-Fi Japan has a series guide in two parts on their website. You should check that out. It's at least interesting to know about. Personally, the show is not my cup of tea. I'm sure eventually I'll get to the point where I need to watch all of the episodes to see all of the um, giant monster goodness in television show format uh, at some point, but that's just... uh, you go ahead and check that out. I'll uh, I'll catch up with you later. Also, uh, episode four of Sci-Fi Japan TV has been um, 
produced. Uh, it was it actually launched at the end of September, and that was with uh, TV's. Sorry, that is with Ultraman Saga FX director Toshio Miike. Now, if you heard the interview with um, Norman England, he actually mentions Miike because he appears in the um, Bringing Godzilla Down to Size documentary. So make sure you check that out. And again, as I said before, please subscribe to their channel and um, get all of their updates as they make them. Moving on to local events, there's only a few things that I really want to talk about. On the 18th of this month at 8 p.m., Comics Underground returns to the Jack London Bar. That is the bar located at the uh, in the sort of basement downstairs area, shall we say, of the Rialto uh, downtown. And it's uh, and Comics Underground is a really fun activity. Uh, a lot of local comic celebs go there, which is actually pretty impressive. Uh, and they just share a bunch of information that's really cool, but put together by uh, Eric Henriksen of the Portland Mercury. And uh, I've been to a few of them. Hopefully I'll make it to this one too. Uh, next up, this weekend, this Saturday, starting at 2 p.m., you've heard me talk about it before, the the uh, zombie slash monster pub crawl starts at Patty's Bar and Grill at 2 p.m. There are a ton of things to do. And I believe that my co-host Jeff and I will be asking horror-related trivia questions at the Lovecraft Bar at some point throughout the day, if not multiple times throughout the day. And we will have prizes. I promise you this. IDW has sent up um, a whole slew of books, so we'll be uh, giving away some of that stuff. Also, you should know that um, on the 21st of this month at 9 p.m., the video game quiz show happens at Ground Control. You've heard me talk about Ground Control before. It is the awesomest video game arcade in the world, and it just happens to be here in Portland. And so that's happening Sunday at 9 p.m. Also, uh, not uh, not to talk too much about Ground Control, but on the 25th, they're having the comedy show No Pun Nintendo at Ground Control, which is um, sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on, including... As I talked about before, uh, Film Music's Turkish Star Wars is happening, and The Lost Boys Live is happening, but I also want to talk a little bit about Fright Town. You guys have heard Dave Helfrey, a.k.a. Baron Von Gulu, on the show, and he is putting on his uh, haunted house right now. It's at the basement of the Portland Memorial Coliseum, and it is awesome. I really cannot wait to go. I know I'm going to make it there this year. I know I didn't make it last year because it just came back from Asia and I was wiped out. But this year, I'm definitely heading down there and uh, you can get your tickets through there. I think you can even go to like Things for Another World and a whole bunch of different local businesses and pick up like $5 off coupons or something. Check that out. Fright Town is awesome. I'll have a link in the show notes to uh, their website as well. And that's pretty much going to do it for the uh, Kaiju cast this month. We're going to go ahead and close out the show. I did want to let you guys know that um, I really appreciate it when you guys put together uh, or, you know, subscribe to the website and add the Facebook page to your page of likes and so forth, because uh, it all it all really helps. Um, I don't know exactly how it's going to go down, but I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be going to San Diego Comic-Con this year whoop whoop about that that's a uh, good news especially if you want coverage of the new godzilla film which i'm sure we're going to be talking about pretty soon uh on the show just sort of have like a sort of a, a breakdown of the news that's happened and so forth anyway let's uh let's end this shall we if you found the podcast through itunes or some other podcast directory 
uh, and you want to experience everything there is to check out, listen to, uh, vote on if you're into polls and stuff like that, uh, just point your web browsers to kaijucast.com. You can see the full list of Daikaiju discussions, the schedule we have there. Every single episode is available. Uh, we even have an episode uh, page there where you can just get them all on one page. Uh, there's links to everything we're talking about, show notes, etc. And, um, you know, while you're there, just hit the subscribe button or, you know, subscribe through iTunes. Really does help out the show. Uh, while you're on iTunes or the Zune Marketplace, feel free to leave a review. I would love to uh, climb in the rankings and get more people who love giant monsters listening to this show. It would be really awesome. Uh, really, I don't know what else to say except for we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. Please follow us in all those respective uh, locations. And uh, once again, Make sure you go to the uh, Big Pimp Jones Kadoja Project uh, Kickstarter and and check that out. And if it's something you want to uh, you want to help them get those comics printed, you know, donate a little bit of money. It's uh, really I cannot stress this enough. The do-it-yourself movement in this um, in this age is amazing, and people are making fantastic things. Uh, speaking of the Big Pimp Jones Project, I think what we're gonna do is we're going to play one last song. This is actually from the Kadoja Project. It's called Descending Upon Monsters. We'll see you later this month, or you'll hear me later this month, when we talk about Son of Godzilla for our Daikaiju discussion. But until then, Jamata.
Whatever the reason is for them all converging on Terra Mountain, we're about to find out. 